Hello and welcome to this edition of Health Healing in Hampton Roads. I'm your host, Dina Lattimore, Media Manager for the Center for Public Health Initiatives here at Norfolk State University, standing in for our Executive Director, Dr. Felicia Mevin. Please introduce yourself, young lady, and tell me who you are and what you do. Hi, my name is Jennifer Hernandez, and I am a registered nurse. Oh my goodness, I am so excited to have Jennifer Hernandez yes. here with me, the registered nurse. Yes. Thank you so much for coming and joining us here on Health Healing in Hampton Roads. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> so I want to give a little background. So this young lady that's sitting in front of me here on the show, I met maybe six months ago. Um, she'll tell you about how she got to where she is. But when I met her, I was totally enamored. She has such an amazing personality. She's so sharp. She's so just bubbly. And I was like, we need to get her on the show. And so unfortunately, Dr. Mebbin couldn't be here today, but she wanted me to fill in. And she totally agreed. She was oh, actually yes. the one that was like, we need to get Jennifer on the show. <laughs> so once again, thank you so much for coming and welcome. So you were raised where, Jennifer? Tell me about your background. So I am from the Bronx, New York. Yes. Um, I was born and raised there. Um, I was there for, I'm 26 now, so I lived there up to I turned 21. Okay. Yes. And then you moved here to the Hampton Roads area? Yes. Okay. And so you've been here for, what, five years? Yes, just about. Mm -hmm. Okay. And do you like it here? I love it here, honestly. Um, And it's probably... You know, people from New York, they have a hard time leaving. But I think that I get a good balance of a little bit of city life, but mm-hmm. also suburban. So because mm-hmm. I needed to just relax and, you know, the New York life, we're always just on the go. Yeah. And I need a little bit of a pause. Yeah. And you can so. always go back, right? Yes. I it's, have family there. Still, okay. So it's not that far away. Six hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, even a flight can be pretty quick. So 45 minutes. 45 minutes. 45 Great. Minutes. So we're yes. so happy to have you in Hampton yes. Roads. I know that um, you've been doing some big things since being here. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to be in front of me today. So very interesting and unique. Um, I actually have a degree in psychology. Oh. Um, so I went to school for that. And then my senior year, a few months before graduation, I said, I don't want to do this. Mm. Um, I think I always wanted to be a nurse. I was just afraid of taking that step. Um, You know, in New York City, it's a little bit different. Um, I would say we don't get as much support Mm -hmm. and enough, like, career days where you get to, like, see what else is out there. So not that psych is the safe route, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And... I realized I was about 20, 21, and I was like, you know what? I can be a nurse. Um, I'm smart enough to do it, so I'm going to put myself out there. And I took a year off from school, and then I moved to Virginia, and I started taking my prerequisites. So that took me two years. Okay. So basically, it took me two years to do that. And then another two years for the program. Okay. So in total, another four years. Okay, okay. And then, yeah, that's how I got here. (laughs) Wow. So I don't know if you think that four years is a long time, but you're still so young. I know. And you're a registered nurse now. That's pretty phenomenal. I had a hard time, like, dealing with that just because I was like, I felt that I was not young Mm. enough, you know, and maybe I should just continue with the psych route, Mm -hmm. but... Um, I have an uncle who lives in the Dominican Republic, because I am Dominican, Mm -hmm. and he has gone back to school three, four times, and that's kind of what pushed me to my mother. She was like, your uncle did it, you can do it, it's fine. 
Absolutely. Um, and so that's why I was like, you know what? I can't do it. And the funny thing is, I am old enough probably to be your mom. We won't give my age. But what I find is that the younger generation, they think they're old. You're not hardly old, girl. You have your entire life ahead of you. And you're doing some amazing things. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. What are your interests, you know, um, based on having studied psychology and now a registered nurse? What do you want to do moving forward? I'm, like, still trying to figure that out. Okay. You know, and I think that... As a, and this kind of started as like when I turned 25, I was trying to figure out who am I outside of a wife? Mm-hmm. Who am I outside of a daughter? Who am I outside of like my career? Mm-hmm. And what am I looking to do? Right now, I would say that I'm trying to have an impact on like the Latino community, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's also what motivated me to go into this field is just, you know, growing up in New York City, which is very diverse, I was the my mom would take me to doctor's appointments with her. And I always found myself having to translate. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that there was a gap in the health field and not having enough Spanish-speaking people to advocate for our people. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's one of my, like, motivating factors. And I don't know what I'm going to do with that. How how can I, you know, bring that into my career? Mm -hmm. But it's something that I do want to do. I just don't know how I'm going to get there or... Yeah, and you know what? Doors will open and things will happen and you'll be drawn to it. It'll be right in front of you like, wait a minute, that's the path. Yes. You know, and as you dig a little bit deeper to find out what parts of the Latino community, the the community of color needs that type of assistance in your expertise, then it'll become even more clear for you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely learning that now. Like, where is the gap Mm -hmm. and where am I needed the most? And what have you discovered so far? Um, I would say representation as far as advocating for people of color Mm -hmm. at the bedside, I would say. Definitely at the bedside, advocating for their needs and making sure that they're heard. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. There's sometimes a gap between like patients and communicating with doctors Mm -hmm. and maybe sometimes not being as comfortable saying what their need is. Maybe they'll wait until the doctor leaves and just making sure that I that their concerns are addressed and I can bridge that gap between the patient and the doctor and their care. That's huge because a lot of people don't seek care for things that are going on with them because they're afraid of the communication gap or just being able to communicate, you know, whether it's in English or in Spanish, just what's really going on with them. Mm -hmm. And so being an advocate for that, that's big. That's really huge. Awesome. I love that. The audience may not be aware. I'm sure they're not. How long have you had that degree? How long have you been a registered nurse? (laughs) Five weeks. Five weeks. Oh my God! Five. That is so awesome. So, as I mentioned earlier, I met Jennifer back. I want to say February, March of this year, and she was finishing up her program mm-hmm. here at Norfolk State University. And you know, with any um, nursing degree, there's boards and, and tests oh, yes. that have to be taken, and I'm sure that it was pretty stressful. Oh, for sure. But I remember when you passed, and I was like, yes. yes. And you had a whole bunch of other um, cohort cohorts with you, your mm-hmm. student colleagues, and you know, you guys did a great job with the program that we did for you the community service program but then when you passed that test you were like you know what yes I'm done tell me about that so that was like the final like test literally it's what I spent two years preparing Mm. for and so it was definitely oh I don't want to get emotional but it was definitely like I can kind of relax Mm -hmm. and obviously like that was I would say 
after that, I know that I have more to learn Mm -hmm. as I get into my field. Mm -hmm. But it was definitely a relief that I doubted myself, you know, especially that first year and a half. And when I finally made it there, it was like, fit you. And that's normal. I mean, until you accomplish things, you're like, you know what, can I do this? Mm -hmm. But never like stop. Yeah. Is what I would say. Yeah. And so I say that to say I'm sure there's bigger and more, you know, amazing things in your future. Yes, I'm excited. So let's talk about that. So let's say five years from now, you won't even be 20. I mean, I'm 30. You're barely, like, barely 30. I'll be, what am I, 26? Okay, 31. So in five years from now, where do you see yourself when when it comes to your career? I see myself either already two years in the ICU. Okay. Because right now I'm a cardiac um, IMC nurse. So it's pretty much a step down from the ICU, but a step above med surge. Okay. And I see myself in the ICU either probably two to three years in and potentially going back to school to become Ah. a CRNA. Nice. Yes. Okay. So you're already thinking about more education. Oh, absolutely. I came into nursing wanting to become an L&D nurse. Okay. And then I had my rotation. Didn't love it. You didn't love L&D labor and delivery. No, I did not love labor and delivery. But I had one rotation in the ICU. And I, I said, this is it. That's where you wanted to this be. This is where I want to be. And because a lot of people came in knowing and very, being very confident of what they wanted to do. And so for me, I was like, oh, why don't I want? Why, why don't I really know? Mm-hmm. And then I found it. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited about that. And then I learned more about, like, where else you can go from there. Mm-hmm. And... CRNA school. That's in my wow, future. Wow. Yes. What is it about the ICU? I the would intensive see, care unit, for those who don't know what that is. Yeah. Yes. I would say it's most of the time the ratio is one nurse to one patient, mm-hmm. sometimes up to two, potentially three, but most of the time two max. And for me, I like the one on one, the fact that I can have all this time to take care of this one patient, get to know this one patient. This is probably the most terrible, difficult moment in this person's life, in their family's life. And being able to, you know, take care of that person. Mm -hmm. I like the challenge as well of how critical these patients, like the conditions that they're in. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty intense. Yeah. But they rely um, on you. I mean, you're like everything. You're in the doctor. You're you know, you I mean, nothing to take away from medical doctors, but you're there more than the doctor. Yes, we are there 12 hours a day, however many days out of the week. (laughs) And we know that patient Mm -hmm. through and through. And their families. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so being, you know, it is always about advocating for that patient and communicating to the doctor so that there is that continuity of care Mm -hmm. and that that patient is getting what they need. Excellent. Wow. That's so, you know, there's a lot of people that work in the medical field, various um, positions and, you know, organizations. But I do know that in order to do anything in medical, you have to care about people. Oh, yes. And there's a lot of people that do, but there's a lot of people that really don't care about people. You have to have a deep-seated care for strangers as a nurse, you know, in the medical field. So I applaud you for that. Yes, thank you. And it's interesting you said strangers because that's literally what these people are, but when you're there it doesn't feel like that Mm -hmm. it doesn't really feel like they're a stranger Mm -hmm. it's there's that connection of you know if it was my family member Mm -hmm. I would want somebody to take care of this uh, take care of my family member absolutely and get them to health to their optimal health you know absolutely being that person 
for their go-to. Yay. Yeah. Yay. So. so proud and so happy for you. So I assume that this caring person that you are, it's not something that just came through getting your degree here at Norfolk State University. Even in psychology, when you were mm-hmm. studying psychology, you were that caring person because in the field of psychology, you're helping people as oh, well. For sure. So tell me about what you have done or what you think thought about doing in your community because it it spills over I know that you're five weeks in and you're working Mm -hmm. these 12 hour days how many days a week and you're probably super busy um, maybe a little sleep deprived but just a little bit bit. (laughs) but when it comes down to your community and Mm -hmm. we talked a little bit about you being from New York and um, your family tell me a little bit about how you can see yourself helping out your community I would say definitely getting out there in the field and figuring out what kind of resources my people need and how I can connect them to those resources. I think that's a very huge thing. I would say education is such a huge part of it. You know, my mother, she more recently is going through some health issues. And one thing that I realized is that she goes to different doctors, different appointments, and she still doesn't know how to handle her own care and Mm -hmm. what she needs to do. Mm -hmm. And there's a gap. There's a very huge gap, the education part of it. And I don't know how we can do it, but I, find, I I would like to think that nurses will play a huge role in this area. Mm-hmm. And we do. Mm-hmm. We definitely do. So I, I would say that's where I see myself, for sure. That's awesome. I don't know if you're familiar with community health workers. Mm-hmm. There is a group of individuals that may or may not have a degree in um, health care, but they are all about helping people in the community. And they work with nurses, but they are mm-hmm. the li- liaison in between okay. the person who may have been to the pharmacy and has a bunch of prescriptions and don't know what works with work, yes. what, and you know needs to know how to get things taken care of, where to get this MRI, whatever the case might yes. be. And there's a group called Community Health Workers and um, the Center for Public Health Initiative. We work with them, oh. our Eastern Virginia Area Health Education Center, by the way. And I can definitely see that being a role that would oh, yes. be really helpful in our community with you. And like I said, I know it's brand spanking new and you're you know, doing an amazing job just kind of getting your feet wet. But for someone who's passionate about helping other people, there's so many different resources. So. Yeah, yeah, I'll keep you posted on if I find Please out anything. Please do, yeah. definitely. And I would like to take their information because, you know, I am, I've been living here for five years, but I've been pretty much on the go on, like, getting my career started that I don't know what is out there, honestly. Yeah. And now that I'm in this position, it it definitely is up to me to figure out what kind of resources out there and how I can connect my patients, even at the bedside, mm-hmm. to these resources. Yeah. So. Well, you have time. Yeah. You have time. It's just, it's new. <laughs> yeah, it's brand spanking yeah. five weeks old new, so yes. I get it, I get yes. it. Let me ask you this, Jennifer. In your experience as a nurse, as a young woman, have you noticed any changes in the mental wellness of your peers or your community? I would say definitely, especially after COVID. Okay. I would say um, just people that I'm very close to, I've seen the decline in the mental health mm-hmm. um and their yeah in their mental health and the biggest issue is not finding resources in order to address those issues mm-hmm. and i think that covid has had such a huge effect on people uh people were home for years yeah you know and people that weren't used to doing that being mm-hmm. active being out there also not knowing what was going to happen I think was the biggest thing. Yeah. And 
I would like to say people that I know are now just being able to get the help that they need. They're coming out of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And the interesting part, you know, with coming out of COVID, even, you know, the numbers yes. are going back up. So they hopefully are, we won't be back in the house, you know, so that's yes. a whole nother thing. And so when you're trying to get over something and then there's setbacks, whether it's through COVID or any other thing, it's very difficult personally being at home with my 20 year old all day every day mm. you know it wasn't fun so yes. no I get it and I yeah. can see how it would be a problem yeah and that's you know public health like mental yeah. health is a public health issue it definitely is yeah. and I think probably at the top of the list because if you have mental health issues that you're not addressing your physical health declines oh, yeah. it, they go together Absolutely. and you know, a lot of people think about physical health as being the number one. I'd like to think that mental health is first. I agree. Because if you're not in the right state of mind mentally, how are you going to simply show up to a doctor's appointment? To put it that simple, you know. Very good point. That needs to be the forefront of, you know, because there's this thing called, it's called Healthy People 20. It's it's this year, I believe it's every decade, they come up with uh, initiatives on issues that we need to work on. And... Right now, I believe is Healthy People 2030. Okay. And I believe that needs to be at the top of the initiative for America. Yeah, yeah. Like, especially after COVID. I agree. And I agree. there just aren't enough therapists either. Hmm. That I think that's also the gap. There aren't enough therapists for the amount of people that need mental health wow. services. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. That's very interesting. I know that they have all these commercials, and now it's so interesting. They have therapy in a box for the most part. You know, they have these yeah. pills that you buy. And, I mean, you know, to each its own, but I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that having that one-on-one connection oh, for sure. and having a conversation where you can look in someone's eyes, yes. and even if you're on the phone, just a connection with someone is very important. Yeah. And But another thing is insurance oh. is the ability to afford mental health services yeah. because that's not something that all insurances cover for or even it's just the copay is very yeah. high so it's all of those things that are involved public and health crisis public i mean health, everything yep. so if you don't have good insurance yes. or insurance at all mm-hmm. and you're dealing with the mental health crisis whether it be from you know about pandemic or whether it be just something that is happening in your life that you're trying to deal with a personal struggle yeah. you know how do you get well how do you maintain how do you get better so very good point yeah, yeah. and like going to therapy this last year or two, it really got me through nursing school. I got married young, and because I was with my partner since we were 17. Mm. So, you know, mm-hmm. that comes with his <laughs> host of issues. But I would say that therapy really, really did help. It's it's honestly amazing. I think everybody needs to oh, have absolutely. someone to talk to. A lot of people sure. say, well, I have a girlfriend. Yeah, you know, you have friends, but it's different. It's not a the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Because you can, you, I would like, I like to think that your partner tells you what you already know, mm-hmm. but doesn't mm-hmm. have the tools to tell you what you need to do about what you feel. Interesting. And that's the difference because my partner knows everything that I feel or can tell me what I already know, but what do I do with this feeling? Yeah. That's yeah. the problem. Right. What do I do with it? And I think that's where therapy comes in. Professional professionals can come in and give you the tools that you need to deal with those feelings that you have, whether that be depression, anxiety, whatever it is. 
that is a very good example. Yeah. And, you know, when I think about it that way, that makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So because, you know, just venting to your friends or to your partner, they love you. Mm-hmm. So they're going to tell you what you mm-hmm. want to mm-hmm. hear, what mm-hmm. they think you need to hear. But once that phone call is over, what do you do with everything you right. just vented You're about? still sitting right there like, okay, I still have this anxiety. I still yes. have, yeah, yeah. Yes. So that's the difference between venting to your friend and therapy. You're awesome. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> All righty. Top of being an amazing new nurse. You're a married woman. I am. Oh, my God. You're so awesome. <laughs> like young and married and having the career and yes. just doing the thing. So one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is what's happening in the world now, the yes. issues that we are facing. And young adults, like I said, they think they're getting old and they don't realize all the time, like the impact that they could have. If you could change anything outside of what you can do personally, mm-hmm. If you could create a a policy or a um, group of individuals to address an issue that faces our young adults, what Mm. would you do? Hmm, That is a really good question. Ask it again. So so I think about the... It, it, so it always goes back to social media for me. I don't know why. For sure. You know, that not was at to, the top of my list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm definitely addicted to a few. Maybe Facebook. Not addicted, but I definitely, you know, check out Facebook. But what I think about is how the world has changed so much from mm-hmm. when I was here at Norfolk State with the advent of the Internet. And mm. so that has changed the mindset of our young adults to oh, a sure. major degree. Sure. And so a lot of young adults don't have the drive they are comparing themselves to other people so if there was something that you needed to kind of identify as an issue with our young adults and how what you do and the person that you have become could probably you know address it okay so I would say just piggyback on social media I would say that even as a 26 year old woman I definitely find myself more often than not scrolling for hours on TikTok on Mm -hmm. Instagram Mm -hmm. and I think the problem is that now there's this thing with influencers and Mm -hmm. you know people ordinary people that pretty much from one day to another because of something they did on social media, whether if that was a dance or a recipe, something goes viral and now they're famous. Mm -hmm. And I think that that just puts a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. It puts a lot of pressure on the youth to maybe want to go that route, which nothing wrong with that. But there's also nothing wrong with not being an influencer. And I think that's the big thing. It's because being an influencer, I'm sure is very difficult. It's very hard as well. But I would say there's nothing wrong with that. And what I have done personally, um, I do go to therapy and I'm a very big advocate on therapy. And I talk to all my friends about going to therapy. And what my therapist and I have worked on is giving myself a break on social media. Mm -hmm. And that's like a cleanse in a Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people can use that. I read a lot. I've recently, my, I would say second year spring semester of nursing school is when I got into reading and I found that mentally Mm -hmm. I felt so much better Mm -hmm. because I didn't spend as much hours on social media comparing myself to where I'm at currently to where I want to be and to where other people are in their lives everybody's life is 
it's yours mm -hmm. and it's unique to you and you're not going to do the same thing that somebody else Absolutely. is doing. And I don't know, social media definitely, it's a good thing. You can learn a lot on social media, especially TikTok. I actually use TikTok for educational stuff. Mm -hmm. So like nursing things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I learned from a lot of other nurses who've been in the field for years. Mm -hmm. That's what I use social media for. Okay. So you can use social media for, for the good. Yeah, for, for the sure. good. There's a lot of information yeah. you can gain. Right, right. So I would say, I don't know if I answered that question. No, you did. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing. That's actually really helpful because as I think about what we do at the Center for Public Health Initiatives and how we are trying to find pathways to assist in the, you know, not so good parts of what's going on in our communities. I think about social media and I, like I said, I, I, you know, I do my fair share, but I have a, a 20 year old son. Mm. And so the good thing is that I didn't expose him to video games and stuff early on. And so mm. he's not big on social media, but one of what I believe is the issues that we have to kind of get a hold of you know because it's still early on is the addiction to social media and yes. then people trying to live up to unrealistic expectations yes. you know and just the whole bullying and mm -hmm. it's just a lot of stuff with social media but then having the ability to say you know what I need to talk to someone, mm, you know, um, therapy is really amazing. I have definitely seen therapists before. I'm an advocate for it. Mm -hmm. I know that in the African-American community, sometimes it's looked upon as taboo or, oh, yes. you know, it's looked upon negatively. And so for you to share, once again, thank you for that yes. because it makes a difference, man. It does make a difference. And, you know, I've been, you know, with nursing school, I would say I started therapy. I would say I think it was my second semester of nursing school and that got me through nursing See? school because nursing school itself one of the hardest things I've had to do thus far and we my therapist and I we worked on ways to cope and mm -hmm. ways to pretty much clear the mind so that I was ready for taking those exams mm -hmm. because we were taking exams every single week two I to remember. three times oh my gosh yes and so I would say journaling as well was one of the things that we decided that works for me. Mm -hmm. It's journaling. It's also being positive affirmations as well mm -hmm. was a big thing because I was very negative and I wasn't nice to myself. Mm -hmm. So you learn that when you're nicer to yourself, I, I would say that your day is better. Mm -hmm. And uh, reading, okay. which I mentioned before, those were two big things that definitely helped me get through nursing school. And also... Um, yeah, just the last couple of years, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, because, you know, if we don't do anything to help feel feel better, mm -hmm. you know, we can spiral. Oh, and yeah. when you've got a lot going on, you know, when you are studying and, you know, wifing yes. and, you know, sistering, you know, adulting, just all of the things that come with you, well, um, come to you in a life, um, a lifetime. And it's, you know, just getting started at 26. There's always going to be something yes. and having an outlet identifying the fact that, you know what, I need to talk to someone and also identifying the fact that there's tools to get you through to the next level. And look at you now, yes. darling. Oh, my God. So thank you for I sharing glowing. that. You are so <laughs> glowing. Look. Oh, my God, yes. she is. And so I, once again, um, am excited about your future. Yes, you. I am excited to have met you a couple months ago. And I know that you're going to make a huge difference, not only in your community, but in Hampton Roads. And I think, you know, on a national level, I see that in your future. Uh, 
I really do. I'm gonna I remember do. this forever. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and look, it's on video, it's on audio, so we'll yes. we'll have a uh, an account for it. So, in closing, Jennifer Hernandez, is there anything you want to share with the listeners? I would say that for anyone who has doubted themselves or who thinks they're too old or just doesn't believe in themselves enough, I would say look in the mirror and tell yourself that you can do it. Yeah. Um, because it is possible for anyone who wants to go into the career of nursing or any healthcare career mm-hmm. because it is very difficult. We need more people, more caring people to get out there and help. There's a huge gap in the healthcare system and nurses play a huge role. And we need more nurses, more than ever, especially with a lot of nurses retiring soon. Yes. So, oh, yeah. yes, there's uh-huh. about to be a huge staffing issue, which has already been an issue, but even more so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that will become a crisis at some point. Oh, wow. So I yeah. would say if anybody has thought about being a nurse, but didn't believe that they can do it or doesn't believe they can do it you can you can you can yeah yeah and it's a matter it's a mindset too you yes, know you have to is. keep telling yourself like you know i got this i can and you know, it's gonna it, be hard it's not gonna be easy take it day by day i took it semester by semester and next thing you know it was may and i was at pinning See? so and right. then graduation. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. Five weeks in, guys. I know. Where are you working now? I'm at Centurion Norfolk General, the okay. Heart Hospital. Okay. Yes. I work on the cardiac medicine intermediate care unit. Awesome. Yes. So if any of our listeners happens to be there yes. and you see a beautiful, glowing young woman, <laughs> um, be sure to tell her how awesome she is. Yes. I think she I think that she is aware of what she can do. She has future plans yes. and things that have transpired over the last several years that kind of reinforce what you can do. Mm-hmm. The sky is the limit, it but is. we are behind you here at Norfolk State. Thank you. We're so excited and so proud of you and all the things that you're doing and that you're going to do. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You're more than welcome, <laughs> Donna. We'll have you back. Please. All right. <laughs> so once again, thank you guys so much for listening. My name is Dina Lattimore. I am the media manager for the Center for Public Health Initiatives at Norfolk State University. Standing in for our executive director, Felicia Mebbin, and this is Health, Healing, and Hampton Roads.